This episode of She Explores is brought to you by Sawyer, an American outdoor gear company with a mission. They're sending their Sawyer Squeeze water filters to 80 countries around the world in order to improve lives with clean water. It's something a lot of us take for granted until we're out of water on the trail and need to connect with our water sources. To donate a filter, text Sawyer to 41444. Regular text message fees apply. And if you'd like to enter to win a Sawyer gift pack to keep you hydrated and protected in the outdoors, head to she-explores.com Sawyer or the link in our show notes to enter. Sawyer uses the best technology to keep you going regardless of your journey. Learn more at www.sawyer.com. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. There was fear in my heart, but at the same time, I felt like I just needed to be there. And when the deer walked away, I just I just stayed there, and I was like, wow, this is what wildlife looks like. That was my first time ever seeing a deer. And I was just in sheer awe that wildlife just exists everywhere, and we're just in their space. So that's when I truly felt connected and felt more at home than I did anywhere in, in all of my experiences and all my life was that moment in time getting caught by the eyes of a deer who didn't know why I was there, but I knew why I was there. I don't know, it was kind of almost like poetic. It was just being cold out of my mind, um, not being prepared for my first camping, rock climbing trip, but also being in a space where it belongs to the people public lands these open green and open spaces belong to people and I felt like I really connected with nature at that point in time this week we're back at Leo Carrillo State Park camping with Amanda Machado the National Parks Conservation Association NPCA and 13 women who are passionate about protecting public land In our last episode, we learned about these 13 women, how they got into the outdoors, and why it's so integral to their mental health. Like Amanda, many of the women are Latina and bonded over shared experiences of craving belonging and healing in parks, close to and far from home. Another element of this campout was coming together to talk about advocacy for public land. The mission of the NPCA is to protect and enhance America's national park system for present and future generations. It's a nonpartisan nonprofit, and their website is incredibly helpful in explaining the issues parks are affected by, as broken down by content categories like air, climate change, energy, history and culture, water, and park funding. With so many issues, it's tough to know where to get started. My name is Amy Wong, and for me, advice for younger girls and women to get outdoors more is to start in your own backyard. I love the advice Amy Wong had about getting started in the outdoors, because I think it can parallel advocacy work. This episode is all about the simple steps you can take to advocate for issues that you care about as they relate to public land. Here's Amy. So for me personally, I didn't grow up going to national parks and um, growing up in an immigrant family um, in El Monte, we didn't have access to parks. So my definition of outdoors was just my backyard. I grew up with my grandma raising me and my sister, and 
what she did was transform our backyard into a beautiful garden with fruit trees that were native to her. Um, as a recent immigrant, she planted Asian fruit trees, so jujube, dragon fruit, loquat, kumquat, um, pomelo, and they grew because we live in this beautiful Mediterranean climate. So for me, my childhood definition of outdoors was spending time with my family, my grandma, my sister in our backyard, and my grandma would share stories of life in Cambodia, in Vietnam, um, and she always had a spiritual relationship with nature. Um, she would talk to the trees and say, like, please give us more wind. Or she would burn incense and paper offerings at the base of trees to communicate with our ancestors from up above. I think that's what really nurtured my love of nature. And I didn't go to my first national park until I was around 23. And the first time I was in the San Gabriel Mountains, which are the closest mountain range in my backyard, I nicknamed them Car Window Mountains because growing up, I would just see the mountains from in the inside of my parents' car, right? So um, many of us, especially in the San Gabriel Valley, LA region, because we aren't educated on what local parks we can access, we just see it as a faraway place that's, that's inaccessible, that's far away, but really it's only a 40-minute drive or so. I think just starting in your backyard and realizing the local gems that you have is very empowering. Hopefully you don't have to go too far to access some type of local open space. So it all has to start from somewhere. The women at the camp out all had different levels of outdoor experience and interest in advocacy work for public land. At the event, they shared why public lands matter to them. I want to share this now, and I want you to use this as an opportunity to think about why they matter to you, too. Public lands matter to me for they reflect an ecological balance of the United States, along with the symbolic relationship between nature and Native people. They are designated spaces that are untamed and holistic. They hold radical imagination for urban, industrial, environmental, and disadvantaged communities. Public lands are important to me because it allows myself and others to visit places where we can enjoy nature, where they are plants or are amazing geological features. I also use this, these spaces as a way to release stress with activities such as hikes, camping, and backpacking. Public lands matter to me because they are for everyone and should be accessible to everyone. I didn't grow up going to national or state parks, but when I visited my first national park, I never looked back. I knew then I needed to inform friends and family about these grand spaces they can visit and enjoy. Public lands matter to me because nature and the access to nature should not be a commodity. The fact that they are public means that they should be for everyone, even if that isn't the exact case. Wilderness to me isn't something to be tamed or conquered, but rather a space to return again and again and heal. Public lands are meant to be accessible open spaces for everyone, particularly people and women of color, and I'm passionate about bridging more people to them. Public lands are sacred places with complex, dynamic, and complicated layers of belonging and identity. For people of color, these are places we have historically been rendered invisible despite our contributions to building and protecting these places. For native and indigenous people, 
They have been and are stewards and fierce protectors of public lands. For women of color and native and indigenous women, we are often the most marginalized when it comes to decision-making and representation. Yet, there are women leaders that are the fiercest of protectors and advocates when public lands are at risk that inspire me to remain steadfast and committed to conservation and preservation of our public lands. Public lands matter to me because they belong to us. Public lands are free, beautiful resources in which everyone, regardless of socioeconomic status, race, or religion, can share. Public lands provide an oasis for self-discovery, excitement, and peace. Public lands matter to me because I consider access to these open green spaces to have a direct impact on the physical health and mental health of children and families. Unfortunately, according to the LA County-wide Comprehensive Parks and Recreation Needs Assessment, up to 51% of LA County-wide population lives beyond half a mile to a park. Limited and lack of access to public lands, including recreational spaces, has detrimental physical health and mental health implications. A literature and research review completed by the Children and Nature Network found staggering st statistics supporting this concern and provides an improved understanding of how improving access to parks and green space supports increased physical activity and reduces the risk of obesity. Such access also buffers social-emotional well-being as learning in nature can support improved relationship skills and reduce stress, anger, and aggressive behavior. It is in our interest as community dedicated to supporting children and families to also care about public lands. Broadly, I appreciate public lands so much for the protection they provide for the natural world, preserving ecosystems and keeping the land healthy, especially as we face the crisis of global warming and environmental destruction by humans. Personally, I am an artist by trade and spend most of my time behind a desk working on imaginary things. I love my work and feel that art is a valuable thing, but it's easy to get caught up in fiction and disconnected from the world as it is. Going out into nature is one of my favorite remedies for this. It's humbling, inspiring, and grounding. Without public lands, I would lose this opportunity to recharge and reconnect with the world. Public lands are highly beneficial to humans, not only to our physical well-being, but also our mental health. Especially for low-income communities that already face many disparities, having public lands allocated to them helps alleviate some of the stress from everyday life situations. I am particularly interested in public land that is free and easy to access. I believe that it is a vital necessity for these communities. Personally, whenever I get to visit these spaces, no matter how small or large, or how far or close it is from the city they are, I feel like it's still an escape from the city life and stress, and I feel better when it's time to come back to the city. Every time I get to go outdoors, I feel rooted. I feel like I have been meditating, and I truly believe that everyone should have the option to be able to access local public lands. Public lands are important to me because nature is important to me. I think sometimes the importance of public lands is forgotten and we need to make our efforts to protect the land. Also, visiting public lands has been something that is more economically affordable when, when taking a family trip to public lands that are more local. Public lands matter to me because it is a place to heal and reflect. It is where I ground myself to Mother Earth and be in the moment. Public lands matter because they are for everyone and provide communities with a sense of belonging and nostalgia. I believe our public lands enhance the quality of life of all communities. It is important to me because I feel closer to my connection to the land. I believe our public lands are best protected by a diverse representation because it is our land, our cultura, and our heritage. Esta tierra es tu tierra. 
Public land matters to me because it's a part of my indigenous roots. There's so much an individual can learn from nature, but all of that knowledge has somehow been lost over time and forgotten. I want to help restore some of that knowledge that has been lost. This land is everyone's and should be equally accessible to everyone. Here's Amanda. I think what was shared was that everyone was excited to learn more about what advocacy looks like. And I think we're realizing that if the parks have meant so much to me personally and emotionally in my own life, then the next step is to advocate so that they can exist for other people. And a big part of advocating for the existence of public lands is also making sure those lands are accessible. Amanda asked Laura Torres of the NPCA how we can do this. There's a lot of work, um, but I think we need to start with not getting overwhelmed and just looking at what we can do little by little. One of the participants, Amy, talked about looking at your own backyard and maybe just starting with what's immediately in your community um, and going to your local green spaces. And I think that is really important because if we only think of the big majestic parks as nature, then we already build so many barriers into getting there, whether it's gear, whether it's travel time, whether it's travel money, whether it's who's going to go with me on this trip. But if we really start at a more local level um, and doing a little bit of research, living in Southern California, I know a lot of people are like, oh, national parks, the closest one is Joshua Tree. But in reality, the closest national park site we have is the Santa Monica Mountains National Recreation Area. And through Rim of the Valley, we're working to bring more of these sites closer to the city to include Debs Park, LA State Historic Park, La Placita Olvera. So I think one way to remove the barriers is to look closer. And to emphasize what Laura said, for accessibility, it's also key to advocate for public land that is closer to cities. But it's not always as simple as making the outdoors available. Here's Megan Hernbroth, also with the NPCA. So in your opinion, what do you think we can do to make access to outdoor spaces improved? There's a lot. I think we, we've done good work, but I think there's still so much farther that we can go. Um, and I think... A big part of that is some of the more traditional management agencies like Forest Service and NPS believe that, you know, if you build it, they will come when they start kind of creating these programs in historically underserved communities. But that's not necessarily the case. Bringing these programs and bringing not even the education process, just starting that conversation where the people are, I think is a huge part of it and a huge way to kind of just see what what are the challenges they're facing and how can we as public land advocates work that into kind of the work that we're able to do and the way that we're able to make it more affordable make it you know with the fee increase at national parks like that is a huge burden for some of the um you know more financially strapped families that are looking at camping and going to public lands as you know their vacation for the year And I think just, you know, being able to take all that into account, there's so much. Um, It's like, you know, accessibility, making sure that there's accessible trails for folks that have disabilities. And there's just, there's so much that I think that we still have to go. But hopefully, you know, this is a step in the right direction. We'll continue our conversation after a quick break. 
This episode of She Explores is brought to you by Ritual. Ritual is a subscription-based essential dietary supplement for women. I love that Ritual comes from a place of empowering women to read the back of labels and understand what they're putting in their bodies. I've spent the last month trying out Ritual. They taste like mint, so I like taking them after I eat breakfast. I haven't always thought of myself as a Ritual person or a vitamin person, but I love making a wholesome breakfast to start the day. And it's been pretty seamless to add essential vitamins and omega-3s to my routine. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com explore. Your future self will thank you for taking Ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science in your body? Go to ritual.com slash explore. This episode of She Explores is brought to you by The Ridge, a minimal front pocket wallet that's designed to help you carry less and always have what you need. Switching to The Ridge is a great opportunity to reevaluate what I carry. Okay, here is my wallet. Got a coffee card with $3 left on it. Probably don't need that in there. Got a pizza card with $3, $4 left on it. License, gotta keep that. I got an old hotel key card. I mean, did I really need all of this stuff? The Ridge is a sleek and lightweight option for carrying the cards and money I actually need to carry. It's different than any other wallet I've owned. It won't stretch out of shape because it's made up of two metal plates, either titanium, carbon fiber, or aluminum, bound together by a durable elastic band. Plus, it's beautiful. There's over a dozen different styles and colors. Mine is a pale blue that reminds me of a perfect sky, one of those days you can see for miles in the mountains. Get 10% off today with free worldwide shipping by going to ridgewallet.com explore. Yeah, it's definitely good to have a reason to update what's in your wallet and to slim it down and lighten it up because we carry so much that we don't need to hold on to. That's ridgewallet.com explore and use the promo code explore for 10% off. Ditch your bulky wallet today and get the Ridge at ridgewallet.com explore. We're back with Amanda Machado at the NPCA campout talking about public land advocacy. Maricela Rosales talked about the role outdoor companies can also play in opening up access for others. Her experiences at Outdoor Retailer, a biannual trade show for the outdoor industry, informed her thoughts. There she represented Latino Outdoors as their brand's coordinator. Going back to, you know, the industry itself, when I first went to the outdoor retailer show, which is something you guys should always look at if you're looking for job opportunities or wanting to learn about different brands, everything is there. Um, I went and all I saw was white males and I was so intimidated and my badge also was discriminatory of like where I had access to in this um, space. So when I went out, you know, there was just so many white males, I was like discouraged. 
Um, and then there wasn't any support for me at the time. So for me, trying to figure out this outdoor industry space was very stressful. Um, and now if we move forward now to 2018, now the outdoor retailer, you're seeing um, brown people camping and melanin base camp and um, brother, uh, brothers of climbing. And you're seeing all these um, social media platforms and advocacy groups and nonprofits coming to the outdoor retailer and changing the, the narrative really of like who, who goes there and like who talks to brands and who the ambassadors are. And so um, it's really, really nice because I know that like going outside has also been very difficult for people of color due to representation, education, and just access. And for me, it's, it's really inspiring because that's kind of what I always wanted to see. Even when I started, I'm like, I want to see more brown people outside. I want to take my friends outside. I want to get them into climbing. But you know, all of it costs a lot of money, unfortunately, you know, and there's still those barriers. And so it, it isn't just like organizations that need to work harder or do better. It's the brands that have the money to do better, to partner and to collaborate and to um, provide those resources that not that many of us have without like our connections, you know, like it shouldn't just be about our connections. It should be like the grander scheme of like access. And so for me, I'm just like really excited to see how people are just like throwing people under the bus. You know, sometimes it's not the nicest thing. Sometimes it's like you need to hear it. And sometimes what I actually enjoy doing is walking with people and guiding them, whether they're a brand or an organization to better focus like the target and the lucrative space that we are as people, not just as people of color, but as people. Mm -hmm. Because I also focus on disability work and I'm really advocate for ADA accommodations in these spaces because that's also lacking. But now more than ever, you're starting to see adaptive sports. You're seeing them being highlighted on social media platforms and you're seeing that they're telling their stories because every story is important. Every person's interaction is authentic and real. And so when we hear more about that, things tend to change and we see a different perspective of life. And I think that inspires us to do more and do things differently, right? There were a lot of great points made there. Barriers to access based on representation, proximity, financial resources. When those barriers are top of mind, they're more likely to be addressed. Maricela's conversations with brands go a long way. We've been talking about access because access is a building block towards advocacy. We want to protect what we love, but we have to get there in order to love it. Amanda asked Megan how those of us who are interested in advocacy can get started. If you could give any advice to women who are looking to use their voice for public lands or for nature, for advocacy, what would you tell them? I would tell young women that, you know, are interested in starting to speak up for public lands, but also, you know, for whatever, like, do it. Your voice does matter as much as, you know, you may hear that it, it doesn't. The process is not necessarily rigged like it's you can call like call your representatives write letters show up the good thing is you know it's an election year so a lot of the um, representatives are going to be back home starting next month out of dc so it's it's really great you can literally go to their office um, in your district kind of raise hell and you know if it's something that is really important to you there's a range of issues but you know i think that's we can all do it and i think it's something that I kind of before joining NPCA rolled my eyes at it's like okay well you know what does signing a petition really do like what is something that is is really going to make a difference and honestly like just being part of NPCA and being part of this process and being out here this weekend like it really does it really does make a difference every time that you know you 
you stand up for something that you believe in. And so I, I really, really strongly encourage, you know, just, just do it. Just kind of take the plunge. I'm kind of a, a little bit of an introvert. I don't like calling people on the phone. It makes me nervous, <laughs> but I, I've just like, okay, I've done it. There's these great resources and websites where it'll literally give you a script of like, okay, here's exactly what you can say and you can practice it with your friends, which is what I do. I like talk to myself in the mirror. And that was part of like what got me over like the social anxiety of being like, oh, I have to talk to this person that I don't know. <laughs> it does make a difference. And I think everyone can do it. Everyone should do it. Amanda told me a bit about the tangible action steps the women at the overnight learned. So we did an advocacy session where they learned how to give speeches to Congress people um, and then practice. We did like a role play with someone there from NPCA who had worked as a lobbyist before and had worked with members of Congress before in advocating for public lands. And so she pretended to be the congressperson and then everyone else had to um, give their speech to her. And then afterwards they wrote on a, on a postcard something that they want to do in the next week, in the next month, and the next year to advocate for public lands. It's really cool that there were actionable steps that the women could take. I mean, I think like with every issue, I think sometimes people can get intimidated and think that there's, there's not much they can do. And I think that session was good for teaching them like, okay, well, I can talk to my congressperson and I also can just like show up at their office. I didn't realize I could do that, that I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> or I could keep emailing them or I could schedule, you know, some kind of meeting with my friends to talk about this and share what I know about it. Or I could read more on the NPCA website and actually learn what the history of public lands and, and what these policies are. Because I think also a lot of women weren't, didn't know a ton of that and felt like that meant they couldn't get involved. And I think now we're realizing you know, it's easy to learn that information. It's not as intimidating as they might have thought. Laura shared some more ways to get involved with local nonprofits, finding events and showing up. NPCA itself has field offices around the country. So just go on our website, see if there's someone in your area, if there's not NPCA, there's other great organizations that are national, other great organizations that are working at the local level um, and just show up, you know, people are generally friendly. It could seem scary to go into a space that's new, but people are very welcoming in the outdoors and especially in this time where we know there's such a need for advocacy. I feel that for the most part, uh, people will be supportive and welcome an additional voice and an additional perspective on why we need to take care of these places. I want to wrap up this episode with some final thoughts about the importance of sharing public land with others. So I think my advice for women would be to share it with someone you love. Um, if you still have your mother around, then share it with her if you have a sister if you have someone who's like a sister to you i would highly highly recommend sharing nature with them even if it's not like in the most extreme like we're gonna go climb this peak or if it's not like we have all the right shoes or whatever those things are because i think it just allows for barriers to come down um, for bonding to like happen in a different level 
And for me personally, I think I'm very interested in exploring more of Mexico, specifically Oaxaca, because that's where my ancestors are from. And I know that lately when I look at social media and I'm in different like positive circles, uh, there's like that saying that I'm my ancestors' wildest dream. And you know that we haven't even begun to imagine like what our future can look like and all the amazingness that's yet to come. But I, for me personally, I think like the best that's yet to come is also rooted in the best of my history. And for me to like be able to push forward something that's even more amazing, I need to be rooted in my past. And not in the like romanticized, no man was here, super pristine wilderness, but like knowing that there was complexity and there was a union with nature uh, for my ancestors. And knowing that even if I have forgotten that, um, I can still reconnect and I can share that with those who are the closest with me. So I think it goes back to just don't worry about big numbers or how many people you can reach, but like start with those meaningful relationships in nature. And that's so rewarding uh, for your relationship, but also like just so amazing as a person for your soul to connect with people in that way. Public land advocacy is a dynamic topic. We were only able to talk high level here, but I think it's worth repeating some key takeaways. First, if you're able to get out and experience public land in all the shapes it takes, whether it's a city park, a regional wetland, or a national recreation area, and share with others when you can. Second, learn the history of these places. How's that history connect to you and your background? How does that history make you feel? Third, contemplate how the spaces benefit you and the people you love. And finally, there are a lot of issues affecting public land. Learn about these issues by heading to websites like npca.org. When you find an issue that particularly resonates with you, learn what you can do to tackle the issue. Maybe it's writing a postcard to a congressman. Maybe it's volunteering to do trail work. Maybe it's educating others about that issue. And if you don't know where to start, take a look around you. You might be surprised at everything you see. Any resources or links mentioned in this episode will also be included on the episode landing page via she-explores.com slash podcast and the show notes. If this topic is of interest to you, I definitely recommend checking out episode 19, Finding Your Voice to Speak for Public Land, where I talk with Katie Bouet about practical steps you can take to make a big difference. Big thank you to Amanda Machado for reporting on her experience and sharing it all with us. Learn more about Amanda via her portfolio at amandaemachado.com. That's amandaemachado.com. And about Brown Environmentalist Media at brownenvironmentalist.org. Thank you to the National Parks Conservation Association, especially Laura Torres and Megan Hernbroth, 
for the opportunity to connect with these women and cover this event. Learn more about their work at npca.org. Thank you to all of the women you heard in this episode and who attended this event. Laura Torres, Megan Hernbroth, Amy Wong, Araceli Hernandez, Bridget Underwood, Christine Mariano, Grace Rougier, Jennifer Mendez, Jenny Lopez, Nancy Torres Poblano, Maricela Rosales, Mayuki Gomez, Rebecca Contreras, and Sally Garcia. Thank you to our sponsors, Sawyer, Ridge Wallet, and Ritual. We'll have them all linked in the show notes as well. And if you enjoy listening to She Explores, please take the time to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It'll help other people find us. Even better, share She Explores with a friend. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, so make sure to tag us so we'll see it. And if you enjoy She Explores, you'll probably enjoy our sister podcast, Women on the Road. Hosted by Laura Hughes, it's filled with stories of honest experiences of life on the road from the women who've lived it firsthand. Until next week, catch up with us in our She Explores podcast Facebook group. There we talk about recent episodes, give each other advice, and share resources and more stories about our time in the outdoors. Music is by Lee Rosevere, Kay Angle, and Josh Woodward via the Free Music Archive. Until next week, have fun out there. <laughs>